Here's the thing about this podcast is that I think up and down with these Bond episodes, we we sometimes missed talking about the song. Yeah. And I know that I don't want to do a review. I don't want to do an app that then ranks the Bonds because yeah. I just think that's the, probably the most basic thing ever. Mm. But i got to say we've got to do that. Uh, this is top episode. three. This is top three. Yeah, sure. and we've got to do that episode of ranking the songs. But spoilers, this is high. <laughs> this is this is this is definitely no no <laughs> doubt, no doubt in my mind. What a wild combination too! Like you've got Tina Turner, the goat, written by Bono <laughs> in the Edge. What? <laughs> I actually completely forgot that it was Bono in the Edge. Like, like, and yeah, and like that's. That's that's such an incongruous combination because the level of sexy in this. Oh, and you can't imagine them doing it because it's like, no. ugh. <laughs> ugh. like what's? I'd love to hear it just to know, but you, it's it's a matter of a fact that it's it'd be nowhere near as sleek, no, as no. this version you, is. You'd hear the opening, and you you know you'd get a certain feeling downstairs in your pants. So like, oh, it's I, happening. I can't then, do a bono. And then he'd come in, and it's like, no, just go I, away. I can't. Away. I, I I thought about you know doing what? the you bono need to look impression. For, you need to go look for something. It. You need to go look for something over there. That yeah. you still haven't found, all right? That's what you need to do. Right? Yeah, you still haven't found what you're what you're writing for, Mister. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How do you get the name The Edge? You you, you do it. You, you you you're the first guy to do that. That's that's how you do it. You're the first one. The Otherwise, edge. you can't. Otherwise, you can't, Mister The. Mister, look, I'm doing things with a delay pedal that like any fucking eight year old who gets his first strat can fucking. Yep. Anyway, welcome to Dan Dan Critics Down Bond Edition. My name's yep. Morgan Roberts. My name's Fitzgerald Dominic Fitzgerald, biggest YouTube <laughs> slanderer there is. There it is. And and this is this is I feel like this is this is a an episode we've been really waiting for, like building up for. Because it's, chronologically, like in my life, this is probably the earliest James Bond film that I have a relationship to. Uh like like the first one that I would have had some kind of relationship yeah. to in my life like this was probably the first bond film i saw um yeah. and it was probably the first the first bond film that a lot of people saw like yeah um you know mid 90s 95 we vhs yeah. like dvd will then come out after this and like it's huge on dvd so so a lot of people like see this and this massive generation of people see this uh as their first bond and exactly what a first bond it's it's connected. It's the most connected to the zeitgeist in a way. Like gun to your head, if you weren't a James Bond fan, you had to name a James Bond film. You could probably come with to Goldeneye as a conclusion, right? Yeah, and I think totally. that's down to a lot of elements. the The film itself being what it is, and when it came out, how it came out. Um, obviously, we're big capital trademark, capital G trademark gamers, so we're obviously <laughs> familiar with the. Nintendo 64 Rareware title. Gamers, that's right. Let's play GoldenEye. (laughs) Two years after the film that, you know, tapped into a big gaming zeitgeist at the time. I know that's pretty much how I, GoldenEye was big on my radar just before I became a Bond fan, purely because of the video game. Mm, Totally, They, totally. they, They remade it in 2010, just when I was starting to get my bearings on the world of James Bond. Did they remake it? What's it on? It's on the Nintendo Wii. I I have it behind me on the shelf. It oh, is weird. It That's is amazing. a it is it is made by a different company. It's made by Eurocom who made Call of Duty games. 
and it is it is re reimagined, starring Daniel Craig and Judy Dench. Interesting. It's it's very fascinating. It's not bad. It's different. It's, be- it's arguably better because the one thing nobody talks about is how GoldenEye sixty four has aged like shit. <laughs> yeah, like those memories. Hang on to them because those, you don't want to go and remake them. Those rose-colored glasses are thick bifocals, baby. But if if anything, you want to go. If if there's a game you want to go back and play, uh, you want to go and play Perfect Dark sixty four. It's probably yes, spiritual successor multiplayer. It's a better game. Spiritual successor. Sorry. They were rare rare past on doing the Tomorrow Never Dies game, and then took all that and made Perfect Dark quality the tomorrow never dies game was garbage oh, they're all shit they're all th- that the world is not enough game and then ea ea had a weird string of like just making original games except for the fact that they made a another version of from russia with love for the playstation to in the gamecube that's bizarre with sean connery wow he came back to re-record wow. the dialogue as an 80 year old what that's I don't I don't want to know about this. All I want to know about now mm-hmm. is Golden. Actually, before before that, yeah. I actually want to say we're in Games Corner as we are off so often in on mm. this podcast with these two beautiful specimens yeah. of people. And I gotta say, when um ah, what's their fucking what's the studio when the when the hitman mob i'm slow oh i oh i o i i o i interact i o interact i o interact when they released their teaser for what they are doing i oh. was like and it was right it was it right before or right after hitman 3 came out it was it was an, it came out and then they're like hey also we're working on this thing yeah, now now, like, now that we're done with hitman hey hey just look at this it was like a tweet mm-hmm. I, look at this we're working on this and it's like gun barrel and i'm like no yeah as a as a as a gamer i i i think making the 3d cinematic render trailer and nothing else is a cardinal sin because it's very cheap and all it does is except when it yeah except when it's a james bond gun barrel and i cream my jeans because i'm a i'm a big (laughs) fan this is enough you know it's gonna be good like the 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 world of assassination trilogy is fantastic with infinite replayability and heaps of fun and yeah and it's great. I haven't even finished it yet. Uh, is there? Can we play co-op anyway? Let's get back to the yeah. podcast. Like, like I said before, the thing about this film is that this is the Bond film that I have the longest relationship with because yeah. I, I yes. of of when when it came out, how old I was. Yeah. So ninety five. Yeah. Like I was, you know, born and eight, cognizant. But also, I saw it maybe a couple of years later, and especially the video game brought it into my life. But like, I remember I have yes. fond memories of watching this film so many times, right? Yes. And and that's. And and it's then it's probably then something the the film that I can I think say the most about or a lot about because I've been yeah. able to see it in a, a lot of different lenses. Like I've seen it as a yes. uh, a little punk who had no idea about things, <laughs> and then I've seen it through into uh, you know a preteen, a teenager, and now I'm seeing it as a thirty yeah. four year old and going and, and I have feelings. I have feelings that have yep. changed and developed about this film. So I find it quite interesting to talk about this. Like I- I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, let's, let's get straight into it. Let's just talk about night. If we take ourselves back to 1989, before we celebrate the joy of Pierce Brosnan, we have to pour a bit out for the situation that killed Timothy Dalton's James Rip. Bond. Honestly. 1990 license to kill comes out with a lot of stiff competition against it, right? 
specifically in the American market in July of or July or June of that year. We've talked about this against Batman, against the Last Crusade, one of the lethal weapons. It's nasty and it doesn't do as well. But it still it still succeeds because it's a James Bond film. Obviously, it does very well everywhere else overseas. And so work gets started on 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 Dalton Bond 3. 1990, the script isn't finalized yet. Richard Maybaum has been let go at this point. Michael G. Wilson starts investing in other ideas and other pitches with other screenwriters. But at this point, it's clear that the film is not going to come out in 91. Then they're, they're doing a lot of crazy things with the script. They're fielding offers from the Chinese government to let them shoot in Hong Kong to factor that. Something about robots, something about Scotland. Um, I'm so glad we finally got to Scotland, but it took a while. Yeah, exactly. It took a while. <laughs> and I'm glad it did yes. because, you know, Daddy Deacon's got to go and show us Scotland. But yes, yeah. uh, Daddy Deacon's ran because um, some poor screenwriter in 1990 fell. Yeah. But a lot of interesting ideas being passed around. 1991, the, I think it's a French company, Parthé? Or path, P-A-T-H with like an E ellipses on the end, right? I reckon that's probably pronounced part or something. Like a soft T, a soft T, part. Yeah. They're a broadcasting company and a production house who somehow in some section of the world are, are hired to sell the television rights to the Bond films, right? Obviously, broadcast television is becoming bigger and bigger. Um you know, a lot of old Bond films are now starting to find a lot of intense popularity via the television, right? Like, we we discuss it every episode. Absolutely. How many times have we wanted to watch a film on Seven, mate? That's right. Never, except so, a James Bond film. <laughs> or maybe a Fast fast Five or something. <laughs> some, kind of, some kind of very misunderstood public action franchise that we champion because we understand it. Um, That's right. I'm just. Uh, you are wearing an Under Armour jacket, like 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 Dwayne Johnson. I he just a, noticed. Is he an Under Armour fan? He owns Under Armour. He own He's it? a co-owner in the brand. Oh, yeah, it's like his. He's always wearing them in the Fast and Furious movies. I'm a fan. I actually if really you, like this. Stuff. If you go back and look, <laughs> so, yeah. I do. I have a great. I have a very nice pair of Under Armour of Under Armour um, sneakers, basketball nice. sneakers that I really like. Nice. But they've been worn out after three years of use. Very big off topic, but <laughs> Parthé sell the um, television rights to James Bond at very low cut rates, sort of shafting Cubby and the family here. So Cubby starts to get into a lawsuit about it. Cubby also at this point is not in the best of health. He's 80 something years old yeah, at this point. Right. Famously couldn't spend a lot of time on the License to Kill set because when they were shooting in Mexico at such high altitude, um, he just couldn't handle it health-wise, so he spent half of it at home and half of it in England. He's, at this point, decided whatever happens with the next Bond film, the reins are being passed on to my dear sweet stepson, Michael G. Wilson, who I've been co-producing these partially with for the last few years, and now to my daughter, Barbara. And now this is why this is such a big episode for us, because this marks the beginning of the current Broccoli dynasty, the same way that uh, moments in history are marked by the appointment of the, the, the new royals, 
the Japanese. What are the Japanese eras? The 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 the, the emperors. No. Yeah, like there's this is this is the second major or the third major oh, dynasty. Era. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I think I'm that's sure more often my, talked about with China. But anyway, the, this is a, di- this there's, is there's, a changing of the guard of proportions. Specifically, yeah. Proportions. Of of massive proportions because it is the current era that we are still in of the Barbara Broccoli, Michael G. Wilson dream team. Mm. And so come 1993, no, 94, very early 1994, the dust on all these lawsuits settle and Tim Dalton decides, um, um, I'm choosing to step away. They gave him the shot. They were like, we'll have you back. But Tim at this point has gone, it's been too long. Um, the material is just is different. I've moved on. Let someone else take the reins. And so even before they have the finalized script, that call comes back through the phone. We've talked about it before. The man destined to be James Bond, cruelly put to the side by fate and network television. By steel. NBC and Remington fucking steel. We should do an episode. Remington Steel season six. (laughs) Not even the whole show. Remington Steel season six. (laughs) One number away. One number. He gets that phone call. call. He's he's proud as punch. And and what a while I watched I watched some like like and there were DVD extras like these are the most DVD extras of all time. Even though like I bought these in, I bought these in iTunes. Um, for those yep. playing at home, I've cancelled my stand membership finally because yep. basically every film from now on, I either already own or want to own, or or yep. don't need to watch again. <laughs> and we'll get to yep. that in next week's episode. <laughs> but yep. but uh, but. Like the so I'm, I'm so I'm getting in those DVD extras and gosh they're they're DVD extras Indeed. like they are and Stan if you want to sponsor the show extra. before Look, you I'll get you back Stan but, if you want to sponsor the show Stan if you want to sponsor the show Stan. don't but, let that no, fuck, don't let cares. that deter you we're we're big fans still I wanted to talk about iCarly <laughs> which I've but, been watching on Stan <laughs> you've been watching iCarly on Stan but the, I rewatched all of iCarly on Stan within within a week and a half. That's huge. It, I hence the tweet. I tweeted. I think I'm watching a socially. I think I'm watching a socially irresponsible amount of iCarly at the moment, <laughs> which I was. Um, but um, we'll get funny to, show and we'll get Schneider's to why freak. you told me about that when yeah. I told you about Jurassic World on another episode when we do that. <laughs> um, but the 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 thing about this, like like they are, they are DVD extras, but there's footage yeah. from that press release where he comes yes. out. And with the he's there with uh, with um, uh, I've forgotten their actor names. I'm sorry, um, Fumke Jensen, uh, Robbie Coltrane, Isabella no, Skorupko. Yeah, with the women, with the Bond girls. Okay, just with Fumke Jensen and yeah, Isabella yeah. Skorupko. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what a time! Like yeah. that's and yeah, like I just this is just so so. This film is a warm blanket for me and. <laughs> Uh, amongst warm it. blankets. Ding, ding, ding. Amongst warm blankets, this is a film. This is peak warm blanket moment. So, you know. I so think I in watch the Bond it again. Canon, yeah. yeah. I think in the Bond canon, this is just such a fucking home run 
as we always say, like whenever we're on the brink of disaster as the franchise, like whenever we're in trouble, we've always just on record come out with our home dinger. Like we've just built it out of the park and never before now recently with the, with, with the no time to die situation, has there been a more desperate need for a home dinger? Like they really, they were coming back to a point where the world had changed. Mm. Politics had changed. uh, Social norms had changed. Uh, It's interesting seeing this era start now where this is going, oh, it's a change, but also there's a lot of harking back to old Bond in this, but there's something about it that's kind of going, oh, but there's a new world. And then going forward to something like where we go Casino Royale into 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 quantum into skyfall quantum into spec into, skyfall into spectre and yeah. you're like this is interesting development but where do we go from here because you know because you're right we've got a one yeah. we've got a three and hopefully we've got a five we we yeah. didn't see pierce brosnan's fifth it didn't no. happen but like there's a thing here where the even numbered films are not as good and so I've got this whole thing of, of bonds we'll get to that next episode yeah. we will we will <laughs> but, talk about but, that but yeah, like everything about this just hits home. And well, like you said, like you just said, like the old elements. I think that's just this movie doing a really incredible job at adapting Fleming, like really yeah. adapting and modernizing Fleming. Totally, totally. It's 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 like we uh, the the at their core, their mo- their their books, their stories about intelligence and counterintelligence and workmanship during the wartime or workmanship after the wartime Mm. the books are very much about who can you trust who can you work with who can you not and then on top of that the movies became about escapism action adventure romance everything that a good blockbuster requires and this is just a perfect marriage of all elements the the thing i love the most about this film, I think, is it. There's nothing in it that does that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it's it's a it's a clean. It's not too long. It's a clean sequence of events that sets up. There's there are no erroneous plot points. There are no random things. Every single thing in this film needs to be in this film and if you took it out it wouldn't it just things wouldn't make sense there's yeah. no fluff it's 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 a classic it's a it's a top 5 james bond and can we go into some detail because here's the thing yes. on on modern rewatching there are some things that make me v- that 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 are very strange. <laughs> define and, define and, strange. And 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 here's the thing that I was mulling over today, knowing that I wanted to that we would soon be recording this episode. That that you know, ten year old me, twelve year old me, watching this film and igniting, you know, latent latent sexuality in me, yep. watching some elements of this film, going. What is this happening? How is she enjoying this killing yep. so much? Yep. And how is this happening? And now watching that as a, and what is this, what is this feeling? It's, and then it's, watching that as a 30 or four year old in this climate going, wow, that is wild. And I'm so surprised. It is fucking, it is fucking absolutely crazy that this movie is rated PG. <laughs> it's so- 
<laughs> I'm pretty it's, sure I've seen a version that's rated M. I, I think the movie is rated M, but for some reason it says PG on every single box. There is no, there is, there is no different version. This shout movie outs, is, is shout outs to the ESRB. That's the games. Shout outs yeah. to the rating house uh, uh, in the, 95 for rating this. Yeah. And just I don't know what like, the Australian, the classification board, I guess, is what I, they're called. I remember, I remember a, I, I'm pretty sure it was on, it's a friend of mine, an old high school friend of mine had a, a collection of mm. all these films, probably leading up to, I think we had it was the Pierce Brosnan era. So I was high school, 2004. So what did we have? Mm. We had them all. Uh, we had all. Two, Pierce, yeah. yeah, we had them all. Pierce's, Pierce's run and finished. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. So I had the whole, we had the whole box set pre-Craig. And so we're yeah. talking, you know, I, I read the synopsis on a lot. I hadn't seen most of the films. I'd mm. seen all the Brosnans probably. Uh, and so we're watching the, I was reading the synopsis on the, on the back of the box of a lot of the film. And here's the phrase. And I, I, I can't give you a further context from this, but I will give you verbatim the phrase. Crushing them between her ultra toned thighs. That yeah. that was words that were written. That, <laughs> that was words that were written on a DVD box set in yes. nineteen ninety eight or whenever that, that was. That could be legally purchased by a by a ten by year old or twelve year old. Not something you had to reach on the top shelf. That is fucking Look under dad's bed for that because <laughs> damn. this is legally acquirable tone, super tone crushing thighs. It's it's nuts that like, because I did the same thing. I was watching it as a 10, 12 year old and being like, huh, yeah, she, she, she really enjoys this killing thing. And then you watch it when you realize what fucking is. And then you're just like, oh my God, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Bizarre, what the, bizarre. how the, how it's, it's my favorite thing. Like I know specifically in my first year of film school, a lot of people talk about Alfred Hitchcock visual metaphors, specifically, no, like the, the visual metaphors that we used in the time of the, 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 I'm forgetting the name of it. You know, about the, the American in the fifties and sixties, they had the code that prevented or the forties and thirties and fifties and sixties. They had the code that prevented like, very like like anything like super violence or sexual right i'm forgetting and so uh, it was they, like the, the comics book code but it was you know for films I yeah yeah but it was for yeah, film yeah. it was called something and i'm blanking on it but i the example my teacher showed us that they said was the only good example was um it's the end of i think it's the end of north by northwest when the when the main characters are uh, are on the train and obviously they're about to kiss and cuddle but they can't kiss and cuddle so alfred hitchcock cuts to a train speeding through a tunnel super fast, <laughs> which is, you know, a little bit more understandable in context. Unlike Goldeneye, which features the image of Femke Jensen crushing a man to death with her thighs mid-sexual activity, her going, yes, 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 and then cut to a boat jet turning on and water splashing. And I just go... <laughs> I only fa- I, uh, that only clicked with me it's last hit. year, and I went, "Wait, what? Film the student? Fu- yeah, what? Film the student? Fu- <laughs> no, yeah, it's, no it's shot. Wild. This film is rated PG. It's wild. Like, like, turn. You know, this is, and this is why. And I think, like, that's one of the reasons why. Perhaps shouldn't be, but it is one of the reasons why this is peak sleepover. Like, 
uh, like grade seven sleepover shit. Like this is like fucking put this on. Yeah. Here's the thing that I don't fully understand yet because I no. don't re- like. But we all recognize in the room that this like, is all things awesome. are happening to me and things are happening in my brain and my body, but I don't fully understand what's going on. But it's so intriguing. But also it's James Bond, and it's like when was the, bam. Peak, when was the la- when was the last sleepover. time you when was the last time you saw the film Zoolander? <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm um, not. Four years ago. I've not seen the film Zoolander since I believe I was seven and I oh was at a God, friend's house and we Zoolander watched now. it. And I loosely now. remember a sex scene in it that is, I just remember watching it at the time as a seven-year-old going, I, I don't know what what's happening this? here, but something here is very cool. Something's cool. Man, this is, hey, hey, hey Beavis, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounded more Peak like, times. oh, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my best, shout out to my best friend at the time and his mother, my year seven teacher. They showed me, they put me onto some great, movies. I don't think I'd be a film student if it wasn't for them, man. They put me on, they put me onto some bangers. So, <sighs> Golden Knight. But I what, want to run through the cast with with you and just we talk about yeah. the fact that they're all, even the bit players. Like there's a reason, yeah. we mentioned the video game earlier, there's a reason that it has such a big roster because every character is just goaded. Yeah. Isabella Skorupko as uh, Natalia Semyonova. And here, and here is, like I was alluding to in the last Bond episode, uh, is where she is such like, She's like, yeah, she has to be saved a bit. Like, you know, she, yeah. but she's not there to be saved. Like they don't know she exists until yeah. she's out of the facility yeah. and she's in the thing. And, he's like, and then it becomes the, oh, I'm going to save her. But, but she has, she has skills and she has her own thing that yeah. she can do. And this, this is the start. And yeah, this, it's, it's not like she's a, you know, this is not a feminist film. I'm just, but I'm saying this is where we start to see yeah. more of a development towards, okay, actually, you know what? Here we have this character with agency. And yeah. it's, it's something that's rarely popped up. It's happened before, but it's like, I think like, this is I the most consistent of, to date example. Yeah. So far, so far. Yeah. I think it's definitely the most a character has had going on with the plot. Because I think about, I think the real, I think the, the, you know, like we've had specifically like Roger Moore's era and, and George Lazenby. I think Diana Rigg is, is great. But, you know, again, she's not entirely integral to the plots apart from her status as a, a love interest. Um, I think Agent Triple X, Anya from The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, is definitely a character that's much more tied into the plot, but perhaps doesn't finish on as strong a note as other ones. I think the greatest before Natalia is um, Carol Bouquet uh, from For Your Eyes Only. But again, it's still, it's, it's, it's not entirely struck into the plot as it could be. Mm. Natalia is the most important character in the plot of the story. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's in. Like she would be, she would be in as many scenes as James Bond. Yeah, right? she is because the whole is film is. To the, here's what's to happening the, with Bond. Yeah. Other than the intro, here's what's happening with Bond, and here's what's happening with Natalia, and then they converge, yep. sort of halfway ish yes. through the film. So that's. Yes. This is the first time we've really seen that as a device. Yeah. Because she's so tapped into the plot. 
Yeah. Totally. And so, you know, sure, at the end it's like, oh, and of course I love him and they make out on the train line, which I yeah. just think is the worst, some of the worst dialogue ever, you know. A standard mission procedure like yeah. oh fucking 90s Get and that would fucked, that would annoy me still. if it wasn't like that would annoy me more if they didn't like if they don't have that scene on the beach later in cuba where she's like she's like she's really taking him to task on it like yeah totally what the fuck are you doing like you you don't impress me like you're hot i i want to i want to jump your bones but like what you do doesn't impress me yeah, and I'm yeah, only like, a part of it because of uh, I feel the need to be a part of it. Like I'm having, and he fun. understands. Like, like, that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he does. Don't get me wrong. I'm having a great time. Yeah, flouncing around our beach house that we randomly got yeah. on the way in Cuba, on the way to yeah. this facility in my little white number, and it's yeah. a nice number. Because it's the first time. I love that scene because it's oh, like also, it, you, you know, yeah. it's like the first time she's been able to go there. She lives in Siberia. It's like she's like, I'm Let's gonna wear this piece, fucking bikini. But also, yep. then she's like, hey, I'm loving this. And, you know, we've probably fucked a couple of times in this beautiful beach house. Yeah. But also, you need to go to therapy, boy, because yeah. sort your fucking shit yeah. out. Yeah, it's great. It's a good – It's you're totally right. That scene, I feel, saves her in a in a contemporary uh, – contemporary, is that – Yeah, in a contemporary, like, viewing. Viewing, like, yeah. The way we've yeah. looked at The way we've looked at other Bond films and seen how some of them portray women – I'm looking at you, Sean. I'm looking up at you, Sean. You what, I'm R&B. not looking at you, Sean. I'm forgetting about you, Sean. <laughs> I'm not looking at you, Sean. It. I'm looking past you. You heard it here first. Sean Connery was a man who played yep. James Bond. Yes. Um, um, yes. Yeah. This is this this really does hold up still. Like yeah, totally. If if not more so because of her defiance and her self driven attitude. Um. Mm. All right. Skipping perhaps other Killer. more important she characters. Means nothing to, to me. It's great. It's great. Fantastic. Oh, great, great double. And so then a her. great payoff. All right, skipping other perhaps more important characters to go to a character directly tied to Natalia, Boris Grishenko, as played by the great Sir Alan Cumming. I'm invincible. What a fucking brilliant comedic. Maybe the, I think maybe the most effective a comic character has been in any James Bond movie. I, it, I have to agree with you on that. I can't think of anyone else who who does that part to such a yeah. degree. Because he's never like, he's never going for the laugh. Like he's just funny because he's such a fuckwit. Yeah, and totally. he knows it. Yeah. But like not in a way that is like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, he knows it. In like, uh, I'm I'm so good. I'm so good at hacking. They literally have to keep me around. Like I can be as much of a dipshit as I want and they'll have to keep me around. You know what we watched the other night? As Actually, you do, you do know that we watched Jurassic World the other night mm. and then also we watched Jurassic Park and there's an interesting, there's that there's there's Dennis Nendry and then there's the nerdy guy at in Jurassic World who he's like, I'll stay and I'll, I'll stay and make sure everything's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, shout outs to the Jurassic World fans out there. Um, weird, strange. Is that the Jake Johnston character? I think so. And so there's all these little, there's shout like, out to as soon guy. as you see Boris and then you're like, I'm seeing yeah. little kind of elements of Boris oh my God. in films now from there. Like I know there might've been some before, but, but it's not, it's not, it's not the, it's not just the scientist. <laughs> it's the dickhead scientist, but yeah. like, you know, but the, the guy the, in Jurassic the, World's not a dickhead. Like he's yeah. he's fine. He's he's annoying and he's a nerd. But he's you know he's a uh, yeah. Uh, you know he does good things. He's not a baddie. But it's like there's elements of that guy, mm. yeah. the comic relief nerd that then comes from that film. And I 
I would like to see. I'm sure there's examples before Boris, but I feel like Boris yeah. has become such an archetype. He's just the that. best. He's just he's yeah, just totally. so like tapped into the tone at all times. Like, like he gets serious film, when he needs to. He gets seeding. This film seeds. This film seeds into so much. I know. Of current popular culture. It's, it's so good. It's wild. It's um, so right. Boris, can oh. we talk about? Can we talk about the favorite? Can we talk about my favorite person? who always dies in films. Can we talk about him, please? Because go ahead. I just, you can't just, oh, Alec. Let's get to him. Do- please, second Alec, Sean Bean. Can you just Double of six. What a fucking reveal. Like, imagine if you didn't, imagine if that film was coming out now. Like, imagine yeah, if Goldeneye what? was like the next release of a James Bond film and we had no idea about it. I always talk about, I think Goldeneye, and I don't know if I've had this conversation with you before off mic, Goldeneye has the greatest teaser trailer of all time and the worst theatrical trailer of all time. The oh, teaser really? tra- I don't think I've wa- I think I've watched the, the theatrical trailer and it was I garbage, show people the teaser, the teaser trailer all the time because I'm like this is a perfect example of what a trailer for a movie should be. It sets the tone perfectly. It opens is with a cool tagline. It opens teaser, with Oh, the teaser doesn't the teaser open with the bungee scene? No, a uh, kind, kind No, I don't remember it. No, it doesn't, because it opens with just font, just black screen, and like this really cool, like slower but still kind of Eric Serra like version right. of the Bond theme, and it's like, um, oh god, I'm 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 not gonna try and waste time remembering the exact text, but it, it turns into everything has changed, but you can still depend on one man, and then the silhouette walks out, and then bang, 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 all that's left is du- O O M shoots the M, turns into a seven, Pierce Brosnan steps out from the darkness and goes, are you expecting someone else? <laughs> Bang, fast action. The Ferrari chase from the opening. Um, numbers so punching in. Um, uh, um, uh, General Oromov, like looking, uh, shooting the gun bit. All these super quick cuts. No more foreplay. Like more action. All of these specific shots. No spoilers. No nothing. And then the trailer just ends. And it's like, damn, Christmas 95. I'm marking down every single day on the calendar. And then you know what the theatrical trailer does? Shit. It's like one of those trailers on Netflix where you go on and you're like, let's watch the trailer. And it's like 10 seconds. It's 15 seconds from the film that have no context and are completely incongruous. You see a single frame of Sean Bean in the teaser trailer and it is just him stepping out of the light from the opening. No. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then you get to the fucking normal theatrical trailer and it's like 007 is tasked against the one man that knows him best. Fucking cut to the graveyard. Hello, James. 006. No. And it's like, why would I even fucking go see the movie now that's, apart from obvious reasons? That's so bad. It's well, I so didn't know. Like, I, obviously, when I saw it. I know. You can, you can cut that trailer, like, and it's halfway through the trailer too because they just, it's, it's, it's the worst case of like, You've given away the game, like how? How did this have? Anyway, look, I don't, I don't know. How it's from an era. I understand because it's from an era before the internet, when trailers weren't literally able to be dissected frame by frame so regularly by frothing people on the on YouTube, and right, like, and cunts like us on a podcast. Trailer, no trailer breakdowns. No, trailer breakdowns ruined tra- yeah, trailers. Totally. We needed, yeah. we need to re up our trailer game, like. 
I wouldn't have liked to see it in 95, but I only would have been able to see it once. We and watched be like- the first half of, Emma and I watched the first half of The Lighthouse the other night. <laughs> On a, and now for something completely different, by no, the no, way. No, I was just going to say because- No, that film is completely film, different. The film, the trailer for that got me so excited. Yeah, I, I don't really. I don't. I'm not familiar with his work. I didn't. I've never seen the, the trailer for the Lighthouse. Um, I've just seen the film. I and and I, we haven't finished the film. I'd hate. It, to I was cut just that trailer. so depressed. Yeah, I'd hate to cut that trailer. That. Was not in the mood to watch. We that. watched that. I watched that. It was that such movie. a great trailer. I was like, oh, what? this is fucking proper art house, black and white. I, I like, this sounds like I should know this. I should like this anyway. Back to the pod. I, I on your on one <laughs> little side tangent. I watched the I watched the movie The Lighthouse. In April of last year, yeah, okay. What a fucking bad time to watch the lighthouse. Yeah, what a bad time to watch the lighthouse. I think any time, any time you're like, if there's a chink in the armor, I think it's a bad time to watch the it's, lighthouse. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't like, do it. Hey, so if any Sydney siders are listening to this and you are still locked don't, down, don't, don't watch, watch the lighthouse. <laughs> Al, uh, also, Sean take Bean up, is take Alex up woodwork. Take up wood, just take, <laughs> take up woodwork instead and make a little mermaid. Anyway. Uh, and then, yeah. Alex Trevelyan. Does Sean Bean. <laughs> Sean Bean. Like, he is one of my favourite Bond villains. Although I think to the end he does get a bit too saccharine. The, and the, like, yeah, yeah. here's my master plan and I'm going to finish it. And it's like, uh, I feel like his yeah. his intro and, and, the, and the payoff of his return yeah. is better than the, the result. Uh, yeah. I feel Bring like I feel James? like no for me. Oh, I feel like yeah. I feel like if the groundwork wasn't set up, I'd be in agreement with you there. But I think by that point, he's already he's just got you as a you like he knows That's, that look, you love him. I can see that argument. Um, um, he's so he's it's the key with every single great James Bond villain. Not every great James Bond villain, but that archetype of James Bond villain that is just it's another Bond. It's just it's it's someone else who could be James Bond just fighting for the wrong side. Mm. Like Skyfall really blew the hinges off that off that character archetype, but no more literally, and I would say better has it been represented in Sean Bean. Literally, 006. Mm. Like what a fucking incredible! Like we haven't seen another Double agent before, really. No, we've seen like uh, about, yeah, like the training to. exercises. Yeah, we're like two. Spin straight facts, but you know, before that point, we'd seen like maybe a little training exercise on Gibraltar where you get fucking cut from a rope. It's hardly yeah. impressive. Rip those guys. See you Damn. sitting at a one of those guys <laughs> just gets one of those guys just gets outed from the game and just has to leave. Like, what happens to that guy in the in the opening? Is like, that's it, mate. You're out of it. Just that one guy who like falls on the tree parachute and gets caught. He's just sitting somewhere in a room. And it's like, what's going on out there? Double O seven. <laughs> Timothy Dalton is careening on the car. <laughs> um, yeah, Sean Bean, banger. Isabel, uh, Farmke Jensen as Zenya on a top. Can we, can we just, honestly, I know 95, like, are we past, we're not obviously not past Entendre, double Entendre no. names. Yeah, I don't think we should be in 2020. I want Entendre names to come back. So long as they're not they're like just gotta be really good. Yeah. Like I think on a top is like just the perfect level. It's like not I, too I don't like it. I gotta say. I I, <laughs> I know it's James Bond, but I also just gotta say I think it's all uh, I don't know. I have very complex I, feelings. I I've always liked on a top <laughs> from that stance because it is just like 
It's not, it's not like, it's no fucking, it's no fucking Plenty O'Toole. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's no pussy galore. She's on it. I, and I think, and I think it really gets sold when it's Money Penny reading it. So he's like, good night, James. I suggest you'll stay on top of things. Like it's, it's, it's not directly sexual. It's very easy to be viewed in that manner, but it's not the entirety of it. True. Um, can we can we just pour one out for mm. any scene that was cut that was in Monaco because I want to see more of Monaco. Yeah, like Holy I know fuck, that, that I know there's a good the bit, opening. but it's like there's not enough. Like I just oh. want to see I want to see the streets and like look. Oh. And here's the thing, you know, three months ago I got into Formula One, so yep. I'm like I've become that fucking dickhead. But <laughs> the the thing is, it's like oh, what's what a beautiful place, what a classic place, like yep. what a this is like that is the James Bond place, you know, yep. like the, yep. like, the like rich cars, casinos, fast cars, um, yep. spies, you know, like that's absolutely. It's all there. You know, it's all there. Up. It's all there. And so it's, that's and yeah. it's so like, and it's like it's it's in there for such a brief moment in the film, but it really is used perfectly in all aspects. It's got the action sequence in terms of the car chase. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a perfect I can't I can't shut the fuck up. I have dreams about that car chase in the Monaco it's a good car in the Monaco chase. Hills. It's an iconic car chase. It's so beautiful in its construction and its pacing, and it's got great comedic beats and it sets up character. Mm. I can't deal with it. Um yeah, Zenia on a I would I would evaluate that car chase quite highly. <laughs> got it. <laughs> she has been sent to evaluate us. I, I used to think that actress looks very similar to um, Samantha Bond, who plays Money Penny in those movies. Yeah, that's what I thought. I and thought, Young Me, yeah, Penny? Young Me was like, is that Money Penny or like what? No, it's, it's like, not. It's they probably just like her similar. sister or something. So it's obviously, oh, obviously he wants to fuck her. <laughs> oh grubby, my god! Grubby, all right, let's grubby, cut. Grubby str- Bond. All right, we, we all right. We yeah, Famke Jensen goaded. Now we brought her up. Samantha Bond is Money Penny. I think she's. Oh, yeah, no, I'll say it. She's my favorite Money Penny. I think she's, I think she's the greatest money penny. Yeah. At least she's no, at least that. in this movie. She gets done dirty later on that we will discuss, but in this movie I think she has the perfect money penny scene. Hmm. When they're in the elevator. When they the yeah, when when yeah, well he first sees her in the office and she's in a she's in a great she's in a big dress and he's like, "Oh, I've never seen you after hours, money penny. Lovely." And she goes, "Thank you." It's like their dynamic is the perfect between they are they are in a constant yin yang state of being co-workers and being interested in each other mm. like that i've never seen be pulled off so far where it's like they understand their it's not like other bond money pennies where it's just like oh you can tell they've got a crush on each other it's like no there's clearly this unnameable untouchable dynamic between the two of them that is yeah, just she feels more aware that like she has so much more agency in it than like as much as him like she's yeah. like yeah look maybe we want to do this but i don't want yeah. not this week and yeah, no. maybe maybe next week but also like yep. whatever like this is this is up to me and also up to the scenario being okay yeah yeah this it's, is not because she she really carries that energy 
Yeah. Um, You're totally and of right. course, yeah. this is the first time they talk about it too. Like she says that she says that you know she is just an object for you... us to be like, oh damn, poor Money Penny. In m- most of the time, in previous films, in yeah, in previous like, oh, films, that's a sad poor Money yeah. Penny. Yeah, which is which is different from the book because the book Money Penny in the books is very. She comes across as like. As more of a secretary, but like she's always M secretary. Bond has here's the thing in the books. Bond has secretaries of his own. Oh, really? He has a woman who who ages out by um on Her Majesty's Secret Service book. And then in that book gets replaced by the Miss Goodnight character who Britt Eklund plays in The Men with the Golden Gun. Um But their relationship is always more of a they don't see each other enough to warrant that kind of direct romantic interest in each other. Unlike how it comes across in the movies where it feels like they spend more time together than just what is portrayed kind mm. of thing. Except yeah. for this movie, which I think taps way more into the Fleming aspect of it, where just there's Back electricity the between the two of them. Back there's to the books, this, even though this wasn't a book. No, and yeah. the first one to be the second film to be not based on a book. Nor does this film really touch on any other Fleming properties. Like, there's no, no short story that this sort of bases itself off of. This yeah. is a really original story. Actually, um, this is a side tangent here. Have you seen True Lies? No. Should I? I haven't seen it for years, and I loosely remember the plot of it. But apparently, just before this film went into production, Goldeneye. They had to change it because True Lies came out and apparently the plots were similar. And I was like, well, I don't get it because this doesn't feel like a plot that was changed at the last minute in any way, shape or form. But um, yeah, let's get back to the characters. Can we talk yep. about, can we talk about M? Yes. Of course let's talk can. about Robbie Coltrane first. Oh, wanna, uh, yeah. Sukovsky. Zukovsky, Zukovsky, Zukovsky. Why, why are English actors always brought in to bring to be fucking Russian crime lord slash oligarch slash yeah. people? Yeah. I don't know, but you can cast fucking Robbie Coltrane in That's anything. <clears throat> this is I've 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 specifically bombed out of 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 chatting up girls at my university because however Robbie Coltrane comes up, they go, Oh, I love Hagrid. And I'm like Pitch, that's Valentin Zukovsky. That's that's a joke. I don't. That is the most. Yeah, that's that's horrible. That is the most fedora wearing thing you've ever said on this. But I do be like, yo, that that's Valentin Zukovsky. That's (laughs) I don't give a fuck about Hagrid. That's I. uh, That man's making his own caviar. I love that you've finally found a hill to die on. It's probably the most disrespectful I've ever been to anyone is just be like, no, I don't give a fuck about Hagrid. It's What is but, that film? Um, but that Zukovsky scene is so funny. It's oh, great. my God. Mini Driver is his, as Irina, the mistress. Is that Mini Driver? That's Mini Driver <laughs> doing stand by your man. It's people doing Russians that aren't Russians. I still, what a good... Like, why? Just, I know it's funny, but also just don't. Like, I don't, I'm, Irina, take it high. That's an all-time quotable. 
Oh my god, no! <laughs> when Bond walks in there and he's like, "Only three men I know that use oh, one, and I've killed believe, two of them." I believe I've killed two of them. <laughs> Lucky me! Third gun comes out. I think not. It's so yeah. their dynamic is also iconic. I can't believe that. I can't believe he's only been in two films. Zukovsky needs to come back. I don't care if it's Robbie Coltrane. The dynamic between Bond he, and that did, character. Did he, did, do we know if he died in World Is Enough? Yeah, he does. It wasn't he explicit. Yeah. Uh, now he gets shot a second. T- no, he just sort of succumbs to his wounds. You're right. He could have passed out. Yeah, I reckon it's I not. It's it's the comic book trope. Yeah, but it's not no, on but screen. This, but this is not comic. But this is not comic book. This is. But we can just say it took place before the world is not enough. Timelines are for timelines are for cowards. It's true. It's a we don't have bond. that. It's going to exactly. be a whole new bond soon, anyway. Um, uh, and then I guess uh, let's yeah, talk Judy about Judy. Dench, the absolute goat. I think, and that's the other part of this film where we do see that shift. Like we've got, uh, we've got um, Natalia, but we've also got yeah. M in this. Just no, if she was being a woman in her own right, doing her own thing. Yeah. You've also then got, and I mean Natalia. You've also got M here, just saying it straight up. She's like. You're a misogynist dinosaur and you're a relic of the Cold War and I have zero, like, yep. fuck off. I do not care. Yep. I'm more than ready to send you to your death. You are an asset to me and I run this fucking ship and, yep. bitch, you know, get out of my way. So, it is. She's like, she's like, I <laughs> owe you a certain amount of humanity as your boss, but apart from that, you are, you are not unlike your code name. You are just a number. And they they call her the evil queen of numbers, which I think is is so fitting and funny. Oh, and speaking of the evil, yeah, speaking of evil queen of numbers, bit part. Um, uh, what's his name from Foil's War? That's <laughs> the guy who plays. That's yeah. That's apparently Tanner. That's that character yeah. is that. That's Tanner. Is that Tanner? Yeah, it's Bill Tanner. Who, who by, is now played by the, Rory Kinnear. Did he die in one of the? No, 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 Tanner is canonically right. alive. In Tanner's, Tanner's alive. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I like him. No, he's um, yeah, like M is just, it's so, because we've only just gone back to a male M and already I kind of miss a female M. Like, I think it's, the screenwriter if, talked if there about is it. One, and we'll talk about that, but if there is one, yeah. it's, it's him. Like, he's he is like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, no, no, how not do you a follow shot. Judy Dench? Well, yeah, you can't. Not a shot so on you, Ray Fiennes at all. It's, it's more Fiennes. so like, there was discussion with the screenwriter specifically on an interview about the um about the, the from the video game but he was talking about when they were first writing this film and the decision to make Emma woman came from the fact that the head of the real secret service was made a woman in the interim between this and license to kill and so they thought they'd just copy it fair enough that's it's good. it and it feels like there's discussion about obviously th- there's there's big debate now in popular culture about um can characters sort of be recast as females and how does that sort of work yeah and with, without getting into too much of a debate about it this is just one of those perfect cases of it works the exact same way if not better as a woman yeah like totally. she's such a fucking boss She's the real. I think she's the greatest girl boss in cinema history. Yeah, perhaps as the much best as I hate that ever that will term. be. If, 
She's yeah, just so on. she's just so good in all of her films, in all of her appearances as M. She is stacked. She's just in charge the entire time. Even in the movies that are like, even in the Craig era when things are really turbulent around her, she is just focused and on it, and she has that control everywhere here, talking about you know the problems at hand, how to fix them. She does. She does back chat really well. Her first line is is just, "Thank you, Mister Tanner." But if I wanted sarcasm, I'd talk to my children. Boom! For now! For now! <laughs> fucking dunk on him, Dame Judy. Goddamn! <laughs> She's so fucking cool, and it's like, it's so nuts. Because again, not to say anything negative about the previous M's. But there's just something that is so special about this performance. Honestly, actually, you know what? I, I have no feelings for previous M's. I, uh, previous I M's it. for me are a plot point. I get it. That I they're, get. They're a plot device. They're a, they're a person. Yep. They're, they're a formula that has to happen before the mission. And that's they play no further part. And no. now we have Judy Dench and later yep. Ray Fiennes doing the actual players in the game. And this is where you start yeah. to see. Yeah, you're right. This film is the start. This film is the inception of so many wonderful modern Bond things. It's it's the cementation, I think, is the <clears throat> phrase I'd use. Because just just coming, just to springboard off the M discussion, the I was just thinking then, the only time an M has been someone important to the plot was the last film, was in License to Kill, where there no, is... She was the last time before I'm talking this. About, yeah, the M before Goldeneye. The M yeah. in License to Kill, I think, is the chance. Robert Brown having that conversation with James at the at the at the uh, what's the, the fucking author's house. name? The Hemingway House. The Hemingway House. Yeah, where he's like he is he is showing like real intent as a boss. Where he's like, you missed your assignment, and then reacts to him quitting and is like like that's it's very close to what judy dench does here but here it's just become this whole other astronomical like this performance of this like judy dench was an iconic actress by that point of both stage and screen and television and now it's just like she's really brought an angle of herself to the m role that hasn't sort of been done before Mm. It's just fucking incredible. Jesus Christ. This is probably our longest episode in a long while. This is the longest uh, I, episode we've done in ages. And I, I'm going to have to wrap it up. But I but didn't even, please. I know, I know you're going to have to wrap it up. I didn't even get to talk about John Doe Baker. John, John no, no, Joe Don Baker as, as fucking, as his second appearance in a James Bond film as a different character. I, I didn't get to talk about the action sequence at the beginning we didn't get to talk about Gottfried John as Oromov, one of the one of the greatest oh, side classic. villains of all time. All the action sequences, the practical effects in the in the end, in the dish, in Cuba, at the fucking at the, at, the, at, the, at, at the at the satellite that collapsed for real this year, looking just like it did in the movie. They should have been there and filmed it and inserted it into the somebody extra, should in have. Somebody should have stuck a fucking John Bean, Sean Bean dummy underneath that thing. That would have been hilarious. Um, go well, watch fucking Goldeneye. Go, go, go watch fucking Goldeneye. Go watch this it. This is not. We can. We we can't do. We we've said like you know you know this is a film for certain people. Now Goldeneye is a film for everybody. Please fucking watch Goldeneye. Do yourself a favor. Watch this film. You know where to find us on socials. Shoot us an email. Tell us your thoughts about Goldeneye, and tell us. 
depending on if you're a man of certain age or a woman of certain age, depending on when you watched this, tell us about the feelings you had the first time. Tell us you about saw that film. You saw that shot, that scene in the boat. Tell us about punching your um. Tell us about punching your real life friend when they kept picking odd job in the N sixty four game and being a little bitch about it. Oh, uh, odd job is the quick scoping of uh yep. of nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, my name is Roberts Morgan Roberts. My name is Fitzgerald Dominic Fitzgerald. We'll see you uh for tomorrow. Never dies.